Hi, everybody. It's Ben Thorpe, Associate Editor with Farm Equipment. Welcome to another episode in our Thought Leaders series. Today, we have Sean Skaggs with Parallel Ag. Sean, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, the, and your history in the industry? Sure. So, uh, as Ben said, I'm Sean Skaggs. I am uh, one of the owners as well as the uh, CEO and President of Parallel Ag. Uh, I've been in this industry for a little over 22 years. I started out uh, just in walk-in sales at Livingston Machinery Company and wasn't very good at saying no to anything. And before I knew it, I was running a store and then I was running several stores and and then uh, was eventually the president uh, and CEO of Livingston Machinery Company. And uh, that's kind of how I, I got to where I am today. Yeah. And we've, we've known each other for a bit. The last time I think we interviewed was in 2021 when you all... Uh when there was that private equity between you and Ag Solutions Group, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start with the with the main topic at hand. Um, your your merger, you are now Parallel Ag, where previously you were Livingston Machinery. Can you give kind of a bird's eye view of, of what's happening here and what's involved? Sure. So, you know, Livingston Machinery Company was an ESOP company from 2009 up until 2021. And in 21, we actually sold the company from the ESOP uh, to two private equity groups and myself uh, partnered to uh, to buy out Livingston Machinery Company. And in that process, at the same time, also one of those private equity groups, uh, Summit Equity, also owned Ag Solutions Group, which was a group of short line dealerships throughout the Midwest. And they brought that basically to the table in the deal. Uh, so, but, so the thought all along was that eventually we would roll all of this together to become one big platform. And so uh, at that time, we formed a holding company, it was Ag Solutions Group Holdings, um, and that's what owned separately Ag Solutions Group, LLC, and Livingston Machinery Company, LLC. And we operated that way for a little over a year, actually, uh, yeah, probably over a year and a half. But it took us kind of that long to try and figure out exactly how it would work, right? Because we knew long term that we wanted to roll those companies together. We wanted to create a larger platform. So that was the kind of the plan all along was we wanted to create a platform company that we could then build off of. Whenever we looked at our competition, uh, you know, we're competing with a lot of different dealerships, but primarily we're competing against a lot of uh, large deer dealerships in our areas. And uh, as we kind of looked at the deer dealerships that are all around us, the average size of those was in the neighborhood of 27 stores. And so whenever we looked at that and we thought, you know, we want to be able to compete for employees, we want to be able to compete for, to be able to offer the same kind of benefits and services to our customers uh, that those uh, dealerships can offer and to do it in an efficient manner. I mean, we could offer a lot of those same benefits, but uh, when you're able to spread the cost of that over, you know, 27 stores, it's a whole lot easier when you're spreading that cost over four or five stores. And so uh, we knew that long-term we wanted to roll that together to give us a little bit more scale and to kind of build that platform that we could continue to add locations to in the future. And so that was the plan all along was to try and roll those two companies together. Um, and, you know, it took a little while to figure out exactly how it could work, you know, where different things needed to be, how it needed to be structured. There's just a lot of planning that went into it. Um, and a lot of planning in the rebrand as well, um, which a lot, I get a lot of questions about that because both uh, dealerships had some pretty well-established uh, brand equity in their markets. And, you know, we didn't want to certainly throw that away, but at the same time, there were a couple different things at play there. One is 
we didn't want one company to feel like it was being taken over by the other. If we just took on one brand name, then you kind of have that takeover feel. That wasn't what we were going for. We were trying to grow something together and build something together. And so we wanted to, you know, have a new name for that reason. And then at the same time, we knew that in the future, we wanted to be able to go out and acquire other dealerships. And uh, those brand names that we had before were also brand names that a lot of those dealerships that we'd love, love to acquire someday had been competing against for a really long time. And so why take on, you know, why have the same name that uh, that they may have some hard feelings about and not want to put on the side of the building, especially whenever they have to take their family name off to put that name on the side of the building. Why not give it something new and something different? And we feel like uh, Parallel Ag really gave us a chance to to kind of build something new together and then also created, you know, that platform that it was easy to, for other people to buy into, to partner with, to be able to come on board and become a part of what we're doing. Yeah. Great. I, uh, I, um, don't know if you and I talked about back when, uh, we talked about the ESOP and the private equity. I don't believe you had publicly stated that this was the plan yet, but looking back, it all makes sense. Uh, when we talked about it back then. Okay. One detail I wanted to ask about, um, back when Ag Solutions Group holding company, if I remember if I'm saying that right, back when that was formed, that gave the combined group 11 locations. Am I remembering that right? And you're up to 13 now, right? That's correct. Um, which I, I guess, you know, breaking news, uh, we were up to 13 and we actually uh, sold one of those locations today. And so, so we signed papers on that today. So we'll actually be back to 12. We had one location that uh, even though it was a great location, didn't really fit what we wanted to do. We really want to be focused on commercial ag. And this was a location that was not focused on commercial ag. And so we found somebody who wanted to be in that business and, and sold that business to them. All right. Breaking news right there in the middle of a thought leaders episode. I like that. Okay. Very good. Um, I wanted to, before we move on to more of the intricacies of the merger, I wanted to talk about, you mentioned um, avoiding a takeover perception from one of the businesses and the, the benefits of merging there. Um, so then that's something that I've, I think I've heard before from people during merge M&A activities that you need to be mindful of, of how you merge your two employee cultures. How has that process gone And that you're not exactly turning one to the other, you're creating a whole new one? How has that process gone and, and what are some of your main takeaways from making all of this happen? It may, and I'm assuming it's still ongoing. You're still learning as it's happening. Yes. Yeah, it's it's definitely still ongoing. Um, that's something that, you know, you don't build a culture overnight. You don't build it with a couple of meetings. You build a culture over years of uh, people working together and, and having shared values and a shared vision for where they want to go. And so that's what we kind of started out with is we, we knew we had to create that shared vision for where we wanted to go. We wanted to we needed to have everybody on board with that vision and we needed to create, you know, some shared values that we would all commit to. And so, um, you know, probably the best thing that we did, not probably definitely the best thing that we did was we actually hired an outside facilitator to come in and host a meeting for us. Uh, you know, we we'd done annual strategy sessions, annual planning meetings on the Livingston machinery side for a couple of years, but this was the first time we brought in an outside facilitator to do it. So this last October, we decided to do our annual planning meeting um, together. And so we actually did it in St. Louis. We brought the leadership teams from all of the, uh, our what we now call our Midwest stores, which were the Ag Solutions Group stores, and all of what we now call our Southern Plains stores, which would be the former Livingston machinery stores. 
we brought those leadership teams together, all the store managers from all those different uh, locations, plus our executive teams, got us all in one place. And we just walked through exactly what we wanted our mission, our vision, our core values to be. And it was the best thing we could have done. And it's something we honestly probably should have done earlier because once we got everybody in the room together, you know, people from the, the Southern Plains could see that those folks in the Midwest are just like me. They're just as committed to their customers. They're just as committed to their employees. You know, they're, you know, they, uh, they think about the business in the same way that I do and same way, you know, vice versa, the folks in the Midwest were able to see that the people in the Southern Plains were just like them. You know, we just had a little bit more of a, a Southern accent than they did, but that was probably the only real difference. Other than that, we were, we were all basically the same kind of people. And so that, you know, spending some time together that way was great. And being able to talk about that mission and values together and come up with that together was, I think, really key because we came up with something that we could all agree on that we were all willing to go back to our locations and talk to our people about, you know, and have meetings and, and explain to them, here's why we decided on these visions. Here's what the long term mission is. Here's how we think we can get there and really go home and sell it to everybody because that's what it takes. I mean, everything ends up being sales at the end of the day. You've got to get people on board with where you want to go or you're never going to get there. And so that was the most, uh, probably the most critical thing that we did was to get everybody in that same room and just spend two days talking about where we wanted to go, how we wanted to get there and who we wanted to be at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, something I wanted to ask is, I, I believe in the, the time that I've been in the industry, I, I had seen at least one of your acquisitions while you were Livingston Machinery before um, you began your relationship with Ag Solutions Group. So I know that you are no stranger to mergers and acquisitions and this whole world. So I wanted to ask if you could kind of elaborate on, on things you've had to do differently now with this growth from, you know, five with Livingston to now what we will be known out today is 12. How is your mentality as a leader in your dealership changed from when you were just Livingston to now emerging as parallel ag? Um, well, it's changed for me personally, it's changed in several different ways. One is I've got a lot of things to learn because they're handling a lot of products in the Midwest that I've not spent a lot of time around. Um, you know, they're, they're handling a lot of application products that I was not as familiar with because we were focused on a totally different kind of application. And, you know, I spent 22 years selling hay equipment and tractors and, and things like that, but not really focused on anhydrous applicators and and some of the other uh, tools that they use in the Midwest. And so I had a lot to learn there, but the most important thing was probably that I had to get better at delegation. And I'm still working on that today because I can't be everywhere at once, right? I can't you know, visit all 12 or 13 stores uh, as often as I'd like to. I used to try and do once a month, but that's just not possible with this many stores. I'd just be on the road nonstop. And so I've got to get better at delegation. You know, we're really focused on professional development right now within our company and trying to help everybody to become, you know, a better leader and also, you know, better at managing their time, better at all those things, because we that's what we have to do is we've got to become you know better as leaders in order to handle a bigger load and also to develop our teams underneath us so that they can then take on more responsibility as well. That's been one of the biggest shifts for us. You know, we were already focused on that, but not as focused as we are on it right now, because right now you can really see the importance of that. Um, 
And then also, you know, we're really focused on trying to grow that leadership team because there is so much to handle, so much to do, you know, just even, you know, we've got so many, one of the things we were discussing today is we've got so much expertise on different areas uh, between the two regions that we need to share between the regions, but just finding the time and the people to be able to go and share those is, is a new challenge that we've got to overcome, but we're excited about it. It's something that's going to really benefit all of our locations once we get that done, but you know, there's just so much execution that has to happen whenever you get to this kind of scale. Right. Right. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift a little bit here to um, focusing on maybe what was formerly Ag Solutions Group. The, the first time I ever heard of Ag Solutions Group was in the context of large, successful Apache sprayer dealers, um, and I, I believe the first person who described it to me described it as an applicator. Uh, dealership, like that was their main focus. Um, now, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is it is it true that that's what you would describe as its main focus? And how do you merge that business with Livingston Machinery, which I would not describe as mainly an applicator dealership? What do you is what's it goes into bringing two dealerships with potentially different focuses together as one company? Yeah, so that's actually something we're still working on intently right now, uh, and it's going to be an ongoing process, and we're going to have to learn as we go on exactly how to do that because it is very different. You're right. Um, Ag Solutions Group was very application focused, not at every store, but most of the stores were were very application focused, and so obviously that's very different than what we were doing as a mainline Agco dealer. And so, yeah, it's it's very. I guess it's it's odd. You don't see it very often where you have a you know short line, a large short line dealer combined with a large mainline dealer, and so you know it, it makes some challenges as far as branding and those kind of things go, and and making sure that we're advertising the right things in the right places. Um, it's definitely you know stretching our marketing team so that they're having to learn and do more than they've had to do in the past, um, and so you know that's been a fun challenge for them, but. Uh, the main thing that we're focused on is really getting the culture right and really getting our people to work together. Um, we know that we're not going to always have the same brands at every location. We're not going to have the same products at every location. And that's not really a bad thing. That's a good thing in a lot of ways because it gives us diversification that we didn't have before. Not only diversification geographically between the Midwest and the Southern Plains states, which can be very different. You know, this last year we had huge drought in Oklahoma, Texas and West Kansas. Uh, you know, but it wasn't nearly as bad in Iowa, Missouri, and Minnesota as was it as what it was out this far west. And so that gave us some diversification that was really good. It helped, you know, part sales were much better in the Midwest than what they were in the Southern Plains because the Southern Plains, we didn't do very much. You know, we didn't run tractors very often because it was just too dry. And so, um, you know, that geographic diversification is great, but also the product diversification is great because there's always going to be ups and downs and cycles within each one of those markets for different kinds of crops, for different kinds of products. And so that diversification, I think, is going to, to help us, but also the expertise, expertise that we're able to lend each other in those different areas, I think, is going to be really helpful in the long run. Uh, you know, we do have plans to try and add some more lines to the Ag Solutions Group uh, in the way of things like tractors, things like hay equipment where it's appropriate. Um, we want to add some of those lines to those stores. And at the same time, we want to take some of those application lines that we're carrying up in the Midwest, some of the things that we don't have currently in the Southern Plains states, and we want to bring those down to the Southern Plains as well. Um, and so in the end, it's going to be a larger product offering 
for all of our stores, but it's just going to take some time to work through that and get there because the key is we've got to know what we're doing with those before we go out and try and launch those to customers. One thing, and again, you've kind of beat me to the punch here because the I, I was going to ask about, I guess I was just going to say that when I, when I saw this news and as I told you earlier, my editorial team and I were discussing how it's, it is used the word unique. It is unique to see in the world of dealer M&A to see a major line dealership, an agco dealership and a shoreline dealership combined into something new. So I, I'm just going to ask you, do you see this kind of solution, the parallel ag solution and bringing these two dealerships together? Is this kind of unique, especially to you in your unique situation? Or do you see potential for this kind of business format to be applied elsewhere in the nation or elsewhere in the industry? Yeah, I think it could it could be applied elsewhere in the industry. It just kind of depends on what the needs are and what the opportunity is, right? So you've got, if you look at some of the other networks out there, the Deer Network and the Case Network that are a little bit further along in their consolidation efforts than what Agco is, um, there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for them to grow uh, by going out and acquiring other dealers of the same brand. And so it may come to a point, and we've seen this with some other industries as well, you know, where you had a lot of industrial dealers who started to get into the ag business because they had basically been capped out on their industrial business. You know, they had uh, very specific borders that they couldn't go outside of. And so there was really no way for them to continue to grow that business other than to get into a different industry. Well, this isn't getting into a different industry, but it is getting into some different product lines. And so I think you could see you know, that happened with some other platforms out there where they start to to get into some short line businesses or possibly even other main lines. But it's, it's probably a lot more likely to happen with other short line businesses uh, to be able to continue to grow their business within that, either within that geographic footprint or in a totally different geographic footprint. I'm not saying it's the ideal model by any means, but it just, you know, I, I'm kind of an opportunistic person. You know, whenever there's an opportunity there, that's whenever you need to step forward. And sometimes that, you know, the opportunity doesn't look like what it looks like for most other people. Mm -hmm. I would describe you as an opportunistic person, Sean. I would agree. Um, the um, one, the next thing I wanted to ask about is um, future plans for Parallel Ag. I know you said that the plan is to create a platform and then make uh, other moves throughout the industry potentially. So is there anything else you can tell us about maybe what your next plans are, or how you plan to use this platform to further grow the, the dealership group? Well, I mean, obviously we'd love to have more dealerships in and around the geographic areas where we already are. Um, you know, some of those dealers are, are ready to move on and do something different and some of them aren't. And we're very respectful of that. Uh, you know, the process of coming to the decision about whether or not you should sell your dealership is a very, it's a very emotional one. You know, for so many dealers, it's it's about their family name being on the building. It's about it being passed down from generation to generation for maybe a hundred years or more. And so that's, it's not something that anybody takes lightly and it's not just a money decision uh, for those owners. And so it's something that I think takes time. They'll have to get used to who Parallel Ag is. They'll have to be comfortable with the fact that we'll take great care of their employees and their customers before they're ready to make those decisions. But we, you know, there are people every day who give us a call and say, Hey, let's talk about this. Maybe this is something that we would, would look at. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we have those conversations. Uh, there's some other places where we'd really like to be that they're not ready to have those conversations yet. 
and that's that's okay. Like I said, it's it's not something that's going to happen overnight. We're not uh, going out to try and and push people into doing that, but but we do want to grow long term. You know, we we feel like we really need to be, you know, long term in that twenty five to thirty location realm in order to be the full dealership that we want to be for our customers to offer all the things for our employees and our customers that we want to offer. Right. Right. And uh, even when we talked about the ESOP back in the day, you would talk then about long-term visions about getting into it and getting out of it. And then the, the transition to private equity and all of that. So I'm not surprised to hear that you have another long-term plan to, you said 25 to 30 locations one day. Yeah, and, it, and who knows, maybe it's more, maybe it's less, but it depends on what opportunities present themselves, right? But uh, but that's what, what we feel like. We feel like that's probably kind of the right size for us to be able to get to the scale we need and be competitive in our markets. Sure. Okay. Well, we've covered some really good ground here. As you said, a very interesting case that I think a lot of people have their eyes on. And I, I guess I'll just wrap up by asking you, is there anything important about the coming of Parallel Egg that we haven't covered? Anything that you want other dealers to take away from watching you make take this very unique step in the industry? Um, I don't know if there's anything in particular. Just, you know, the one thing I would say is, you know, we as a company are very, very aware of um, the fact that sometimes whenever companies grow and get really large, uh, the employees and customers both can feel like just a number and just a cog in a wheel. And we know that we can't let that happen. The, you know, that's been kind of our X factor in the past is the relationships that we have and the family feel around our dealerships. And we, we're going to work extra hard to make sure that, that it stays that way. And uh, it's going to be really hard to do at scale, but that's the, the thing that we feel like is one of the most, very most important things to us. Uh, as we continue to grow this. But uh, I guess if there's anybody out there who has any suggestions on how to do that as you achieve that kind of scale and, and that number of employees, I'd love to hear how they've done that. All right. Okay. Well, this has been very informative. Uh, and thanks for sitting down with us, Sean. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Ben.